includes the man. They all got to go. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune-in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville and Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504 260 1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday evening edition here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tuning app available anywhere in the world for you to check us out. Get us at home if you can't get us via radio or internet, you can get us Via Alexa, just tell her what to play. WRKN or Nash Icon 1061 FM. Of course, you can listen to our podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com. All you got to do is go to the menu, click on more, click on podcast, and you've got us. You can email me. It's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to weigh in. Later on in the show... We'll talk extensively about the first day of padded practices for the New Orleans Saints and who looked good and who didn't. Brooke Kirchhofer of Channel 4 will join us after being at practice today to talk about that at length and about camp itself since she's covered it from the start. We'll look forward to doing that. We start off by talking about college football in particular and the SEC. Of course, we all know about the preseason picks with regard to the conference. No surprises, at least not at the top. Otherwise, perhaps. And then, of course, the preseason All-SEC team and so forth and so on as we get ready for another great season of college football. Joining us now to talk somewhat about the, the SEC and about college football in general, a good and great friend, a, a New Orleans native at heart who's been in Houston for quite some time now, doing a great job in radio there. But among other things, also dealing with all the sports in Houston, but dealing with the SEC and the Locked On Network through Locked On SEC. Always a pleasure to visit with Chris Gordy. Chris, how are you? Hey, Ken, doing well, man. It's, uh, it's a busy time of year. I think I counted about 1,000 tweets and Facebook posts today about it is officially August and it's officially college football season. So exciting to, uh, to, to finally get here because it always feels like it, it takes forever. And now here we are the end of this month. We're going to have some college football games. No kidding. Hey, listen, I was, uh, I gave you a thought, maybe, you know, the old subliminal thing says, oh, you know, I need to call him and do something with him because I just had a high school reunion for Archbishop Rummel this past weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, we had my 20 year just this past year, but uh, yeah, it's funny to see 
see all those guys and, and see how many guys have uh, have lost their hair and how many have gained weight or lost weight. And I got to say, our our class of 2001 was actually pretty strong. Like I think everybody looked the same. So I uh, that's that's a good thing. You know, there's a lot of guys who are balding out there, but I thought we were pretty strong. I hear you, buddy. Listen, when you get to my class and my reunions, it's more about who's still with us and who isn't. So it's a lot different animal than the hair situation. I can assure you, although I'm blessed to have a full head of hair for whatever that's worth. So listen, Chris, I know before we talk about the SEC, you're still doing your radio work in Houston and still dealing with everything uh, when Houston is concerned. And of course, this has been a very good season for the Houston Astros. I think they're a legitimate contender to win it all. Yeah, no doubt. I'm actually here at the ballpark. Uh, the trade deadline is happening tomorrow, and they just made two moves here in the last hour or so. They acquired Trey Mancini, the first baseman from the Baltimore Orioles, and then just moments ago they got the catcher Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox, who are here in yeah. town, who literally is going to change dugouts from one dugout to the other. So, uh, yeah, the trade deadline in baseball is always fun and when you see those guys like literally running across the field and changing uniforms suddenly. Well, getting Verlander back is – made all the difference. Uh, who would have thought he'd be this good uh, coming back at his age? But he has been, and, and boy, they're, they're legit. So they're clearly got a shot once again this year. Turning our attention yeah, me, to college football. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, let me give you a quick nugget. Our uh, LSU uh, friend, Alex Bregman, not in the lineup mm-hmm. tonight. He's yeah. driving his wife to the hospital to, to give birth to his first uh, baby. So uh, wow. good news. Congrats to Alex Bregman. Very much so. And tell me to get the timing right next time. No, I'm kidding, of course. So it's all good. Uh, he's Alex. Look, Alex is still a very good player and a guy that everybody pulls for here. So outstanding. All right, so college football, the SEC. Uh, is it pretty much just Alabama and everybody else this year? Or is Georgia in that conversation too and nobody else? Uh, I mean, I'll believe the whole A&M thing when I see it. That's, that's me, the scoffer in me about them because they haven't been that ever, at least in my lifetime. So your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think Georgia is still very much in that conversation uh, with what they bring back. They bring back Stetson Bennett. Uh, they bring back a lot of pieces of their offense. They lose a lot on defense. They bring back Jalen Carter, who's going to be a monster on that defensive line. And I think looking at their schedule and, and kind of the competition in the East, I think a lot of people assume that we are destined for an Alabama-Georgia rematch, not only in the SEC championship game, but if both those teams get there you know, undefeated or one has one loss, uh, I think we're talking about both those teams reuniting again in the college football playoff like they did a year ago. So um, you know, I think it's kind of understood those are clearly the two best you know, teams in the SEC in the country. But uh, last week at, at SEC Media Days, I think the big conversation was, who's, who's the next best team? And you're right. I mean, it's... Some people are throwing out their Texas A&M, but the problem with them is they have a quarterback battle going on. Is it going to be Haynes King? Is it going to be Max Johnson who transferred in from LSU? they got to figure that out. They are going to be really good on the offensive and defensive lines, and as we know, you win in the trenches in the SEC. Uh, they bring in some stud five-star defensive linemen that are going to play very early, but there's no clear cut on A&M. I mean, you know, Jimbo, it feels like every year it's always, man, is this the year? Is this the year? And then we turn around and A&M's got three losses, four losses, and we're going, well, you know, when is going to be that year? I don't know if this is the year for A&M. I think this is maybe the primer. Um, you know, they get all these five stars in, this number one recruiting class, and get some experience with these guys, and maybe the year after this will be the year for Jimbo to finally compete and win the SEC West. But, man, we're talking a decade now. The Aggies have been in the SEC. 
And not only have they not won the conference, they haven't even won their side of the conference. They haven't even gotten to Atlanta. So, um, yeah, it, it starts to be put up or shut up time for Jimbo. I keep reading all these preseason lists. I want to put, you know, A&M preseason top five, and they want to list Jimbo as, you know, one of the top five coaches in the country. And I just say, you know, how much of this is just noise and how much is actually what are you going to prove to me on the field? So um, I think A&M's there. I think some other schools, Kentucky and Tennessee, intrigue me a lot because of their quarterbacks. Hendon Hooker was fantastic in, in Josh Eiffel's system last year, 31 touchdowns to just three interceptions. He was outstanding. And then Will Levis at Kentucky. A lot of people have first-round grades on him. Uh, some people think he could have a Joe Burrow-like rise this year. Not exactly like Joe Burrow because he's not going to have Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson there. But, you know, when you think back to Joe Burrow, his first year at LSU, we were all kind of going, okay, he was pretty good. And then we saw Meteoric rise his senior year. I think some people are saying that could happen with Will Levis, who transferred in from Penn State. Had a pretty good year last year for Kentucky, solidified their quarterback spot. But can he take that rise, this, make that rise this year and really impress some people and win some games? So, um, you know, I think Kentucky and Tennessee certainly have an opportunity. And then Arkansas is a, a team a lot of people are jumping on. Sam Pittman has improved their win total every year that he's been there. K.J. Jefferson, really steady hand at quarterback. All the guy does is make game-winning plays down the stretch for his team. And so uh, a lot of people think he'll take that next step in his development, and that Arkansas could be a team that could play spoiler this year. But their schedule's brutal, as we know. You play in the SEC West, there are no easy weeks. And uh, unfortunately, I think that schedule's going to be brutal for Arkansas once again. And when it's all said and done, we're looking at Alabama and Georgia in the, uh, in the SEC championship again. Visiting with Chris Gordy, Locked on SEC uh, podcast, and yeah, Houston sports Talk show host. Listen, with regard to Kentucky, that's amazing that we might be talking about them as the next best team after Alabama and Georgia. That speaks volumes about the job they've done. Tennessee, uh, again, talent last year, off the field issues this year, sanctions, of course, lingering and so forth. Pretty interesting stuff. Carolina gets Rattler. We'll see what that does. Auburn still seems to be in a little bit of disarray. Florida's kind of starting over. You know, then you look at Vanderbilt. They're Vanderbilt. Missouri is not that. Mississippi State, you know, might be able to score some, but certainly not a threat in the conference. Ole Miss, I don't see being as good as last year. They don't have the quarterback. They don't have the receivers. And then there's LSU, and 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 boy, there's a lot of lot of debate about LSU. Not that they're going to be pretty solid, but some people think they're going to be very good. Uh, I've got them at seven or eight wins right off the bat, which I think is pretty good. And but I think better days are coming because I, I think Brian Kelly was a really good hire, and I think he's hired a really good staff. No doubt. And, you know, LSU is one of those weird teams. I was talking with Cole Kublik about it at, at SEC Media Days, and he was saying, man, if you told me right now LSU was going to be 6-6, six and six, I would say, yeah, I can, I can see that. He said, if you told me LSU is going to win 10 games this year, I would say, yeah, I can see that. They are literally a team that across the spectrum, we don't know what we're going to get. You know, Miles Brennan is the guy, and he solidifies the quarterback spot and looks like he did the last time he was starting, throw for 300, 400 yards a game. And, you know, the defense is getting after it up front. I think they got one of the best front sevens in all the SEC. B.J. Ojolari and Ali Gay and all these guys, they're racking up sacks. Yeah, LSU's going to find themselves probably undefeated going into that Auburn game on, on October 1st. And, you know, you go on the road to Auburn, never an easy place to play, but Keep in mind, they're a team a little bit in, in flux right now. They don't know who their quarterback is, and Brian Harson was about an eyelash away from getting fired back in January with all of his departures and guys hitting the transfer portal. So, you know, you win that one, you come home, you get Tennessee at home in Tiger Stadium, very winnable. 
on the road to Florida. Like you mentioned, another team that's in flux. Uh, Billy Napier coming in, having a rebuild. So the, the schedule is manageable. It's just what is LSU going to look like, you know? And that's that's where I come back to Brian Kelly. And man, there's no deny. Everywhere the guy has been, he has won, and not just won, but pretty quickly turned things around. He did it at Notre Dame. He did it at Cincinnati. He did it at Central Michigan. So um, there's no reason why he can't hit the ground running. I had him on my, my show just two weeks ago, and uh, Brian Kelly said, look, if, this is LSU. You don't get a free pass here. But, you know, there's no, oh, it's his first year. Give him time. No, you kind of have to do have to hit the ground running. So I'm with you. I mean, I think a 7-5 and five season is a nice foundation. It's a nice starting point. But, man, I look around that roster, and I see a lot of experience and a lot of seniors that – they don't want to go out, you know, on a bad note or a sour note. So can you win some of those close games? You know, can you win a field goal game in the swamp? Can you win a close game at Arkansas? Time's going to tell, but uh, I'm with you, Ken. I just I look at that roster, and there is, there is too much talent in there to just write off LSU and say, you know, they're going to be 6-6. Six and six. I saw one sports book had them at, at six and a half wins. Man, I would hammer the over on that one because I just feel like, you know, if they win six games this year, let's be honest, it would be a disappointment. Offensive line totally re- rebooted. We'll see. Some people think it's going to be good. Ed Daniels is a big proponent of that. Others not sure. Can't be worse. And then, of course, wide receiver, they're loaded. Running back, to me, just looks average. And then there's the quarterback situation there, which continues to intrigue many in terms of what they're going to do. I can see uh, the legitimacy of two guys playing uh, when the uh, smoke clears. Uh, the favorite has to be Miles Brennan based upon everything that Coach Kelly has said. I don't think he's he's laying all these plaudits and compliments on Brennan for no reason. I think it's real, don't you? I do. And, again, Miles has been here. He's been through multiple systems. He backed up Joe Burrow at one point and watched the master at work. Um, you know, and the kid is resilient. I mean, he had, you know, he hit the transfer portal at one point and, ultimately decided his best option was to come back here. He wants to play for LSU. So, um, you know, the other thing I just can't get out of my mind is Jaden Daniels has started a lot of football games. He started more football games than Miles Brennan. He's got a lot of experience. I just, when we saw him in the spring, the arm didn't wow me. His running ability did. And so that's where I kind of think if they're going to start Brennan, but they're going to have some packages for Daniels to get him out there. So, um, you know, look, uh, why is Brian Kelly waiting? Maybe he really, maybe it really is an open competition and he wants to wait until the very last minute to make the announcement. But I'm with you. I kind of feel like it's going to be miles and then they're going to have packages and they're going to play Jane Daniels. Cause I do think his legs and, and his running ability um, is an asset. And, you know, that's where I think you put in some packages, maybe on the goal line and give him an option to, to pull it back and throw. And, you know, who knows? He could really probably show off his versatility and be a big asset to this, to this team this year. So, um, you know, we'll see as it goes along. I know some people have made a, a case for, for Garrett Nussmeyer, and um, you know, obviously Walker Howard has kind of resigned to, to redshirting this year and, and learning and, and developing. But, um, you know, I just I, I wonder if Nussmeyer, you know, the gunslinger mentality that everybody loves, the almost, it's almost like a Brett Favre-esque attitude he's got. He's not afraid to let it fly downfield. I just wonder if maybe you're better served giving him another year to learn as the backup and then uh, you know maybe he takes over the, the following season once Daniels and Brennan have moved on. I truly think that what they're trying to do is to sell Nussmeyer on just that. Your time is next year, not this year. Don't leave. I think that's kind of 
the approach they're taking, whereas the other two are totally engaged, obviously, and you're right with Howard, they can sell him on the fact that, look, uh, we'll redshirt you, so you'll have the opportunity to compete for the job next year because people have speculated all along, how do you keep all four of these guys? I think that's the way they try to do so. Yeah, no doubt. And, and again, in this day and age of the transfer portal, everybody's always looking you know, at the first option out of town. And so, um, you know, look, they're going to add a quarterback in this class. I know they haven't done so yet. They're, they're looking at a couple different guys. And you know, keep in mind, Alabama's got two kids in their class. So, you know, do they keep one, both of them or does one of them decide to, to pull out since the other one's in? We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the plan for now. Look, this receiving course is very talented. I mean, you brought in some really good freshmen last year that, that flashed. You know, I talked to Jack Besh at SEC Media Days. He's a kid that's ready to take that next step in his development. We know we have Keyshawn Boutte. Uh, but some of the other younger guys from last year, like Chris Hilton and Malik Neighbors, I mean, I think you really do have some good, some good talent at this receiver spot that if Miles Brennan could get out there and start developing that, that uh, you know, rapport with those younger guys that he didn't get a chance to play with last year, I think this can be a very dangerous offense. And like I said, last time we saw Miles Brennan out there, I mean, he was flinging it all over the field versus Mississippi State versus Missouri. And I think it's just time to shine. And I think a lot of people are going to be impressed, Ken. When I, when I saw it at SEC Media Days, people were putting out, here's my, my preseason top 10, you know, SEC quarterback rankings. And I'm looking one through 10. I don't see Miles Brennan's name. I'm going, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people surprised if he's the guy because I think he's going to wow a lot of people. And he'll be right there in the mix uh, with some of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. And then there's the NIL scenario, which obviously is extremely important uh, when considering who's going to be a player and who's not. It looks to me like in the SEC, Alabama's obviously well-positioned. Georgia's well-positioned. A&M is well-positioned. LSU appears to be well-positioned. Yeah, those are the ones that look like, at least early on, are, are standouts in that regard. We know when Texas joins the league, they certainly will be. Uh, probably Oklahoma, too. Uh, how do you see that, and how much of a change is that going to make in terms of uh, the haves and the have-nots? Well, it, it's already taken shape. I mean, we've seen it with Texas A&M. We're seeing it with Miami. Uh, we're seeing it with a lot of these schools with just big donor bases that are ready and willing to write those checks. And, and A&M was, was ahead of the curve. And, you know, I kind of explained it like this, uh, Ken. Like, there, there's nothing like desperation. When you are desperate, you're willing to do whatever it takes. A&M is desperate for a championship. At LSU, we, we, we enjoy championships. We like them, but we're not desperate because we've, we've been there. We've had multiple championships the last 20 years. We know what it takes, and, and it's great. We wouldn't trade away the Borough year for anything or 07 or 03, but, you know, we've tasted success. A&M is not. They've never won a championship. They are, they are desperate to win that title and prove you know, that, that, that they belong, not just in the SEC, but among the elites of college football. So that's why you're seeing them write those checks. That's why you're seeing the Miami Hurricane fans who they haven't had success in a really long time. You know, the, the, the 90s, it's a long time ago. So, you know, I think, uh, I think you have more desperate fan bases with a lot of money, like the Texas and the, and the Texas A&M fans who have all the oil and gas money. I joke with my Longhorn fans, all the, or friends all the time, you know, the, the Longhorn Network, you know how often they replay that championship with Vince Young? And I start looking going, God, I mean, that's literally almost 20 years ago at this point. So it's, it's been a long time since a lot of these programs have achieved the ultimate success. Um, you know, I think that was a big staple behind what Nick Saban said a few weeks ago where he was taking shots and kind of sending a message to his fan base, hey, 
you guys have been doing a good job writing checks, but you got to step it up. you you got to put more zeros behind those checks that you're writing if you want to keep competing because this is the landscape we're in now. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think LSU is there. I think they have a lot of donors that do care. But like I said, desperation will, will make a man do crazy things. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Aggie fan base, the Hurricanes, and, and even the Longhorns. Visiting with Chris Gordy, talking about the SEC, locked on SEC. All right, so you're in Houston, therefore I want to flip it to the American Athletic Conference, which Tulane, of course, is part of. Tulane picked seventh out of 11 teams in the league. But interestingly enough, Cincinnati's not picked to win it. Houston was picked to win the league, barely by one point over Cincinnati. You know, we see Houston every year, always good offensively. Talk about why Houston is atop the American. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of people look at what they did last year. They, they had a really good performance from their defense, and they're, they're expecting to have that back. But, you know, like any Dana, Col- Dana Holgerson team, it's, it's all about the quarterback, and it's all about, um, you know, repeating success and, and how many points can you score. And I think they finally figured that out uh, last year with Clayton Toon, at quarterback, finally gave him some stability, throwing for 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. Uh, I saw him down at the Manning, Manning Passing Academy a few weeks ago, and, he looks like he slimmed down even more and put on a little bit more muscle. So they're going to go as far as their quarterback can take them. We saw it last year with Cincinnati and Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, I think if Dana, Dana uh, if Clayton feels fully um, comfortable with Dana's system this year, I think Houston can make a run. Um, their schedule is, is feasible. It's doable. They got, you know, a non-conference game against Kansas. That'll be a nice booster for them and UTSA and Texas Tech. So, um, I think there's a chance they could be undefeated going into that two-lane game and they get two-lane in Houston. So uh, it'll be an interesting one for them. But, yeah, I think uh, it, it's kind of one last hurrah for, for the Houston crowd here as, uh, you know, it's their last season at AAC. As we know, next July they'll make the move to the Big 12 along mm-hmm. with UCF, Cincinnati, and, and BYU. But uh, I think they'd like to go out on top. And, and Dana's kind of been knocking on the door here in recent years. And I think he sees this as a year that they can put it all together and, and win the American and – and, and hold up that trophy. So we'll see. I don't know if they'll be as good as Cincinnati was a year ago, you know, a lot getting into the playoff. But I think, you know, a 9-10 win type season, you win the conference and go to a really good bowl game. I think that's the type of season that, that Houston can have. But uh, I'm optimistic on Tulane. I, I, I still do think that they can be competitive this year. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Obviously, the schedule is, is always tough. But I think Tulane can, can compete this year. And uh, we'll see how things shake out. You know, it's really interesting when you look at the Houston program with who they are, what they've been, and what they can be. I mean, this is an intriguing place because, I mean, they've had great success under more than one coach. In fact, in recent years, you can look at the fact that they've, they've had great success under several coaches. I mean, you think about Sumlin, you think about Herman, you know, Holgerson now, you know, you can go back to the 70s. In the 80s when they were successful. It's one of those programs that kind of lingers on the, on the precipice, on the edge of being, you know, a, a, big, a big five player. Now they're joining the Big 12. Can that possibly elevate this program to being a top 25 program consistently and, and maybe allow them to keep a prime coach rather than lose one to development for a bigger school? Yeah, it's a great point, Chad. I mean, that's kind of what they've been, has is, is been seen as a stepping stone. You know, Kevin Sumlin... Uh, really developed something here with Case Keenum at quarterback. And then, you know, in the, in the midnight hour, he jumped ship and he's going up to Texas A&M as they joined the SEC. Uh, you know, then they had, uh, you know, they had Tom Herman and he was fantastic. He was everything that they wanted and needed. And 
you know, he, he brought relevance. He brought a big five-star recruit to, uh, you know, to, to the defensive line and Ed Oliver, and then, you know, it ends up beating Florida State in the Peach Bowl with Jimbo Fisher, beats him head-to-head, and then the next year comes back and beats Bob Stoops in Oklahoma in the season opener. And so, uh, you know, he had them knocking on the door as a team that could maybe get into a potential playoff. And then before you knew it, here comes the Texas Longhorns with a big blank check pulling him away. And so, you know, finally, uh, Tomer Petito, who's, you know, the big money guy with Houston who owns the Houston Rockets and owns the Landry's restaurants and all that, you know, he, he cut the check to bring Dana over from West Virginia. And, you know, at the time, that was kind of unheard of. You're going to leave a Big 12 program for an AAC school, but uh, Houston ponied up the cash. But, you know, I think Dana likes it. He's very comfortable. And now they're going back to the, you know, he's going to go back to the Big 12, but now with Houston. I think it's a program that can sustain success. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the, the, the landscape of college football and do we keep conferences and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's an opportunity. You're right. If Dana can, can stay here and, and they keep him happy financially, he's a guy who will stay here. I don't think Dana at this point in his career is a guy who's going to be jumping ship for the next big gig. So, uh, yeah, that's what you need. You need sustainability. And it feels like, you know, it feels like Houston's got that. It feels like Tulane's got that with Willie Fritz and, you know, kind of moving on from those days to taking a chance on that young 30-year-old who's just using you as a stepping stone. About two or three minutes left with Chris Gordy. In Houston, of course, I mentioned the Astros. It's an all-Astros market now based on the success they've had in recent years, but also predicated on the fact that the Rockets have been so miserable and, and the Texans have been so miserable. Is it still that way? How long before the Rockets and the Texans get their acts together? I think the Rockets are building something. Uh, you know, they, they drafted Jalen Green, number two overall last year, down the stretch of last season. We started to see him develop into something. And then this year, they, uh, they picked third overall. They get Jabari Smith out of Auburn, who so many people thought he was going to go number one overall. So you pair Jabari Smith. They took uh, Tari Eason out of LSU. They took Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky. So the, you got this room of all, like, 19- and 20-year-olds and – you know, full of all the talent in the world, but they just got to find a way to gel and start winning. And so, you know, look, I think it's going to be another tough go for them. They're not going to be, you know, per, uh, competitive per se, like the Pelicans or something like that. But you can see it. The writing's on the wall. They just need to get some of these young pieces going. And then with the Texans, man, I mean, they thought they were on their way with Deshaun Watson, their franchise quarterback. And we all know how that fell apart in, in the past two years. So, they're hopeful on Davis Mills. This kid's got a lot of talent from Stanford and, you know, was their third-round pick a year ago, and they're, they're all in on him. They think that he is the kid that can take that next step and develop and be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. It's just time's going to tell this year. He's going to have this year to prove it. Either, either Davis Mills is going to prove he's the guy for the Texans and they're going to be a 7-8 win team and starting to build something, or he's going to prove he's not. They're going to win two, three games, and they're going to be picking top five in the draft next year, taking either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. We'll be talking about the New Orleans Saints in the next segment, but before I let you get away, are you are you encouraged about the Saints? Are you bullish on the Saints, or do you see them as a kind of in-between team? Yeah, man. I mean, I, how can you not be bullish with all the, the, the draft picks they had, the, the offseason acquisitions? You bring in Tyron Matthew, you bring Jarvis Landry, uh, all the weapons you gave uh, Jameis. I mean, I, you can't not be excited for Chris Olave, and, uh, you know, we'll see what Tenning does on the offensive line. But, man, I, I, I think – you know, you look at Jameis and go, man, you were somehow productive last way with Mark, last year with Marquez Callaway as your number one target. Now you get Mike Thomas and uh, Jarvis Lander and Chris Olave. I mean, the sky's the limit for Jameis. And to be honest with you, he has no excuses. I mean, he's got to go out there and perform with all the talent he's got around him. So 
I'm bullish on him, man. I think uh, I think a 10-11 win season and definitely a playoff run is in them. And uh, I think his defense has a chance to be one of the better ones in, in recent Saints history. Encouraging words from Chris Gordy. Follow him at Chris Gordy on Twitter. Of course, the Locked On SEC podcast as well. And Chris, listen, it's always a pleasure to reminisce, think about home, and then talk about what's coming up in football too. Listen, keep up the great work. Thank you. And, and I know we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Ken. Always a pleasure, Ben. You got it. Chris Gordy. And we'll let him get back to business at Minute Maid Park there. We'll take a brief time out here. 504-260-1061, the number to call. We'll talk about the Saints extensively when we return following a brief time out with Brooke Kirchhofer of Channel 4. As we continue with all access for a Monday night, Ken Trahan here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Staples has everything for school at great prices. So this year, you won't go back to school. You'll be ready to move forward and build that paper mache volcano. I am not cleaning this up. Ooh, yeah, I meant the kids. Staples will help them move forward. Right now, Crayola 24-count crayons and 4-ounce Elmer's glue are just 50 cents each, and 1-inch binders are only $1.99. Everything on your list at amazing prices. Staples, we're not going back. We're going forward to school. Ends 827 in-store, only limit 30. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Staples has everything for school at great prices. So this year, you won't go back to school. You'll be ready to move forward and build that paper mache volcano. I am not cleaning this up. Ooh, yeah, I meant the kids. Staples will help them move forward. Right now, Crayola 24-count crayons and 4-ounce Elmer's glue are just 50 cents each, and 1-inch binders are only $1.99. Everything on your list at amazing prices. Staples, we're not going back. We're going forward to school. Ends 827 in-store, only limit 30. 
season. I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code FREE. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for a $5 bonus. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. Stop by Mattress Firm for summer Black Friday deals. Save up to $600 on select mattresses from top brands with Queen starting at $149.99. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. One of the all-time greats in basketball history is gone. The great Bill Russell passed away Sunday at the age of 88. Russell was part of the Boston Celtics dynasty, which won eight straight NBA championships, and he was part of 11 titles in his career as a player coach. The second week of training camp is underway for the New Orleans Saints, with today marking the first padded practice for the team. College football's guard Lawan Owens, a Fossil Ridge High in Keller, Texas, commits to the Tulane recruiting class of 2023. Owens is 6'4", 325 pounds. He had an offer from Incarnate Word. Brother Martin star running back Tory Lambert is committed to Texas State. Lambert has size and speed, and he accounted for 1,834 yards for the Crusaders last season. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. And as you heard, the New Orleans Saints with their first padded practice today, first of four this week. And, of course, it really gives you an opportunity to evaluate more, in particular with line play, and you understand who those guys are. Great to see Ryan Ramchek back. He'll make a huge difference up front. Terrific player. You expect Eric McCoy to be a better player in year three as well. Andrews Pete is back. That certainly helps from an offensive line perspective. And, of course, defensive line-wise, Peyton Turner now on the field, which he wasn't last year. You wait on Marcus Davenport to see where that's at. Tano Passignon is back on the field. You get on Yamada for a full season. So you got to think they'll be better up front on that side of the ball. Joining us now to talk about Saints training camp. She has been out there on a pretty regular basis, including today. Sweating but smiling all the way. Great to welcome Brooke Kirchhofer of WWL Television, Channel 4. Brooke, how are you? Hey, Ken. I'm good. How are you? Thanks I'm for having me. Well, great to hear your voice and always cheerful and always pleasant. So good to have you. And obviously you have been out there and you were there today. So uh, you tweeted a few things, but talk about what stood out in your mind from what you observed today. 
Well, Paulson Adebo just continues to be the camp standout. He had a ton of pass breakups today, really shut down Chris Olave. And Alante Taylor was kind of on his heels as well, making some big plays. But, of course, as you mentioned, the pads come on. We get to evaluate the offensive and defensive linemen. And some of these guys just asserting their dominance. Ryan Ramchek specifically handed out pancakes. One on Peyton Turner, who we have been impressed with so far in camp. Those two were back and forth a little bit. We also saw Trevor Penning kind of get into a little bit of a what he called a scuffle between uh, him and some of the other defensive linemen. Some punches were thrown between him and Peyton Turner, but he said, hey, look, they're just competing. They're both competitors, no bad blood, and kind of just moved on from there. Obviously, there are some competitions going on. You mentioned Penning. James Hurst would certainly seem to have the edge there initially at left tackle. Yeah, James Hurst definitely has the experience, but one of the things the Saints really like about James Hurst is his versatility. He can come in and play at guard. He can play at tackle, and we saw that last season. He played in – he already started, excuse me, in 15 games, eight of those at left tackle last year because of all the injuries the offensive line faced. I think it is an open competition. Dennis Allen, of course, this weekend said that James Hurst right now is the starting left tackle, but it is a battle between him and Penning, and he's more or less, too, kind of mentoring Penning in this role in camp. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens by the end of training camp. Who knows? Maybe James Hurst starts at left guard. We'll see what happens there. With the Alvin Kamara court case being pushed back yet again today, it looks like as long as for another two months, it's, it's looking more and more like he's going to start the season and play, uh, if not play the whole season, depending on what happens. So with the knowledge that he will likely start the season, is there as much of a concern about the running back position and trying to add a player? I think so because of the assault charges and depending on what happens at the end of this trial, I think it's going to be several games that he ends up is suspended and they're anticipating that and they're ready if that happens. We actually had a chance to talk talk with Joel Thomas, the Saints running back coach, off to the side. That's something they are preparing for. He believes Mark Ingram is in the best shape of his life at 32. I know Mark Ingram's getting tired of us talking about his age, but he believes he's in the best shape. And they've also got a lot of depth at the running back position. They really like Abram Smith, the young guy out of Baylor. We're really impressed with him. He could be a special teams guy because he did used to play on the defensive side of the ball. So the running back situation is kind of up in the air. I think right now going into the season, it's not a concern, but I think it will soon become a concern once that ruling comes down from the NFL. Visiting with Brooke Kirchhoffer of Channel 4, talking about the New Orleans Saints. Certainly, the cornerback position looks to be well-stocked. You mentioned Adebo entering his second year. Alante Taylor, uh, who's got great character, and he's, he's a mature guy based on his age and college experience. We know about Marshawn Lattimore. Courtney Roby's a proven player in the league. Of course, you got, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's that, that bridge guy that can play virtually anywhere. So cornerback looks like, if not the strength of the team, one of the two or three biggest strengths of this football team. Absolutely. I'd agree with you. We've been talking about the depth at secondary. When you look across the NFL, the Saints have to be in the top five on that list and quality defensive backs in that as well. You mentioned C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the role that he plays, and Bradley Roby also popping a little bit today. He had a 
pretty impressive pass breakup, but it seems like all of those guys are making plays every day in practice. It's going to be hard for Dennis Allen to make that decision on who the starters are going to be. It's most likely going to be a reflection of last year with Paulson Adebo and Marshawn Lattimore. But the good news is if any injuries were to arise, you have guys that can start on other teams as your backups. That has to be a comfort going into the season. Of course, the safety position might be a little bit more of a question mark at this point because of the the absence of Taran Matthew and not knowing exactly what's going on. And Dennis Allen saying today he doesn't have any timetable. He doesn't know. We're told it's personal reasons. People are pointing out some changes on his social media accounts and all this stuff. Uh, is this real cause for alarm, or do you think it's just a blip on the radar screen? Well, Dennis was actually asked today, is it a problem yet? And he said, no, that's not the case there's still it seems like there's a lot of support from the Saints front office and the Saints coaching staff as far as whatever Tyron Matthew is dealing with. It is a, probably one of the biggest question marks of camp so far. I have not heard any rumblings or have gotten any tips or ideas as to what he is dealing with. We hope that, you know, whatever it is he's dealing with, hopefully it's not anything too serious. If it is a family matter, again, we truly do not have any details about this. But remember, Tyron Matthew was there for every mini camp practice and every OTA practice. So this is really out of the norm for him to step away. But as Dennis Allen said today, when he's ready to come back, they're going to be welcoming him back with open arms as he is going to be a huge part of this secondary. Very much so. They're counting on him with Marcus Williams gone. I guess the bigger concern is not so much that he's a veteran player, but that he's with a new team and he's in a new system. And all the days of work that you miss certainly cannot help the situation. No, I agree with you. Marcus May, thankfully, has been here and has been able to be a full go. We weren't really sure what his situation was after the Achilles injury, I believe, when he was with the Jets. He is back to full go here with the Saints. It's been impressive to watch him play, but you're right. It is a big hole to fill if Tyron Matthew, if something doesn't work out. The Saints are definitely relying on him to come back so far. They've been positive that he will come back and will be one of the starters for the Saints. So I think right now it's, it truly is unknown, and I think if we maybe get through a second week without Tyron Matthew, then it becomes a concern. But I think right now, let's say he shows up Friday, wipe his hands clean, and then they move on from there. But we really won't know, I think, until another week. Email question for Brooke. From Will, Brooke, enjoy your work on Channel 4. Do either one of the local receivers have a chance, Dixon or Merritt? Of course, that's Dejon Dixon of Carr and Nichols and, and Kirk Merritt of Destrahan and, of course, now the Saints. Thoughts? Well, Will, thanks for the question and thank you for watching. Really great question because we have seen so many positive things about Kirk Merritt and from Kirk Merritt so far in practice. He actually beat one of the, I believe it was a better, I'm not sure who the cornerback was, but on one-on-ones, he beat somebody bad today. And then yesterday, of course, or excuse me, Saturday was the last practice, day four. He was the only one that scored a touchdown on seven-on-seven drills. So he's been Really impressive so far. Jarvis Landry has actually said a lot of good things about Kirk Merritt and kind of his intangibles. And he could see him maybe making the practice squad or even the 53-man roster. But you saw the off-season move 
that position group is going to be one of the toughest to make a roster spot by the end of training camp. Sure, I could see practice squad. And best case scenario for Dixon is that as well, if they like him enough, because when you look at the 53-man, you automatically know Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave and Marquez Callaway are going to be there. That's four. Then you got Deontay Hardy, who certainly is on this team as its return man and, and as a deep-threaded wide receiver. Well, that's five right there. And oftentimes teams only keep five if they keep that. So if you go to a sixth, well, then you – you got Traquan Smith, whom you re-signed. So that's a veteran player, too. So that's why I don't think either one is likely to make this team, at least not out of camp. I think practice squad, for one, is a real possibility. For two, is a possibility, but more of a stretch. That's my thought. Yeah, I would agree on that. And Dejon Dixon, too. I mean, what a tough scenario to come in as a rookie. before the Saints, Even before the draft and before the Saints made those late off-season moves and free agency. This looked like a place, a landing spot where Dejon Dixon could maybe have an impact, but it is going to be really tough for him to make this team. All right, if you had a concern, a big concern right now, or biggest concern about this football team, uh, at least at this stage, if you have a chance to think about it for a second as I give you a, a few seconds, what would the biggest concern be of yours at least right now? I think it would either have to be in, a, in apologies for already mentioning it, but I mean, Tyron Matthew, that situation there, or the running back situation. I mean, Alvin Kamara, we see that the impact he has on games and whether people want to say it or not. I mean, that's a lot of a load that Mark Ingram is going to have to bear. And we saw him struggle in that role when Alvin Kamara was out, remember last year in the Titans game. So that's a concern for me. And I'm not sure they've brought in a guy who's just wowed, uh, you know, as, as a running back that can fit in that role. I think Mark Ingram will handle it, but he needs to have somebody in there if Alvin Kamara and when that suspension comes who can have still have that one-two punch and have an impact in games. And then, of course, with Tyron Matthew at safety, I mean, yes, you can plug in P.J. Williams, but when you brought in Tyron Matthew, he's replacing Marcus Williams. Of course, the two kind of play – safety a little bit differently but that was such a key role on that Saints defense that was the playmaker so those are really my two areas of concern if Jameis Winston was not progressing as far as his knee and health I probably would have said him but he really has shown that the knee is coming along well the progression in his game is coming along well and he has just really taken over as quarterback one and just the true leader of this team he's really honed in on that role and it seems to be accepting it well well again uh, so much is going to fall on him as to whether this team succeeds or not And as I've said continuously I think he's good enough for them to win 10 games or more and that's all you want is he doesn't have to be great he just has to be solid to pretty good if not good for them to be a 10-win team if they want to be a a true contender uh, to reach the Super Bowl he is going to have to be exceptional whether he can be that or not that is a legitimate question because we have a large sample size that might say otherwise or says up and down. But again, the small sample size we saw last year, uh, they managed him well. He didn't make mistakes and did a solid job with a less than stellar receiving core. And he certainly has a lot more weapons to work with this year. Yeah, he does. And his work ethic is what stands out. All of the wide receivers have spoken so highly of him. And remember, they went and met up in Miami before going into training camp. He got everybody together, 
wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, all of them got together in Miami, even the backup quarterbacks. They all worked together to try and find that cohesion between the quarterback and wide receiver room. And you're seeing it early on. Remember, it's only day five and two that Jameis Winston is only, I believe it's now seven months out from that knee surgery. He still has the brace on. So give him a couple more months. Of course, it's when the season starts. So the timing of it all is really going to be the biggest question mark as far as is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be 98%, 90%, 80%? We're not sure coming off of that knee injury. But so far in camp, he's been impressive. He has had his woes. But, again, it's only day five. We're only going to get more and more information as camp goes on. But so far, early evaluation is that Jameis Winston is quarterback number one. I would give him – I don't know if I would necessarily want to grade him this far, this, you know, just only five days into camp, but so far I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. You can watch her, of course, on Channel 4, including tonight at 10 o'clock, and follow her on Twitter at Brooke Chesney. That's B-R-O-O-K-E-C-H-E-S-N-E-Y. Make sure you do. It's a good follow. She does an excellent job, and it's a blessing to have her on our show and in the community, and we'll do it again soon. Brooke, listen, thank you so much. Keep up the good work. God bless you, and we'll do it again soon. Thank you, Ken, and same to you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you, Brooke, Brooke Kershoffer of WWL Television. We'll take a brief time out here, back with more of All Access for a Monday night in just a moment here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The Allstate Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut butter cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, fixing a water heater. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah? So you know how to secure this gift joint? Yeah. Detach the steam pump? <sighs> Takes two seconds. And fasten the double to the pressure tube? Yeah, my dad taught me how to do that. Oh, that's interesting, because I made all those things up. Look, we should just bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. That's cool. This double's the wrong size anyway. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Martin. Or Rome. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. 
ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. You might not have the biggest garage on the block, but with eBay Motors, there's 122 million parts right at your fingertips. Whatever you need, there's something that fits your vehicle. Air filters, tires, seat covers, and more. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. Get your tickets now for this Friday night as Kendrick Lamar performs live at the Smoothie King Center for his Big Steppers tour with special guest Baby Keen. Or for some fun theater for the entire family, catch Legally Blonde the musical at the Jefferson Performing Arts Center taking place all weekend. Check out the newly redesigned whereyat.com community calendar that features live music listings, food happenings, and much more. Just log on to whereyat.com and click on Community Calendar to see what else is happening this weekend. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Follow up to the topic we talked about earlier, Pittsburgh football coach Pat Narduzzi thinks name, image, and likeness rules were, quote, probably violated over the spring suggesting that violations led to his star wide receiver Jordan Addison transferring to USC. He didn't name the player or the school, but he said he doesn't think there's any question his players were tempted with NIL inducements one way or the other. Addison, of course, won the Bolitnikoff Award last December as the nation's best receiver and then announced in May he's leaving for USC. And Narduzzi said he'd like to see some sort of guardrails on NIL rules and call the current setup essentially a bathroom for backroom deals that are difficult for schools to regulate. Narduzzi, his eighth season at Pitt, led the Panthers to their first ACC championship last fall, and he suggested the NCAA remove the boosters from the game. So there's another coach firing off about the whole NIL scenario and the lack of control from the NCAA and the fact that so much can go on as a result. And I think it's just going to continue to be that way, and the criticism is just going to continue to come until there's some sort of change that takes place. Very intriguing situation, to say the least. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson, the suspension, six games, no fine. Players Association seems to have won in this one over the league, which clearly wanted more. League might try uh, to appeal and get more of a suspension, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Disciplinary offer Sue L. Robinson made the ruling today in a 15-page report. She did say the NFL recommended Watson to be suspended for the entire 2022 regular season and postseason, but she decided on six games on Deshaun Watson. So Jacoby Brissett will get the ball for six games. Watson will take over for Cleveland after that. Saints will see him later in the season. 
Back in just a moment with a final segment here of All Access here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and on the web at NashFM1061.com. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. That's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. With our newest Unlimited plan, everyone's welcome. Introducing Welcome Unlimited from Verizon for just $30 a line per month for four lines with auto pay plus taxes and fees. Our best priced Unlimited plan ever. Did he say $30? Yep, $30 a line for the whole family. The network you want, the price you love. Switch to Verizon today. Paper-free billing required. Unlimited 5G nationwide 4G LTE. In times of congestion, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. All smartphone lines on the account must be on Welcome Unlimited and are eligible only for select promotions. Includes domestic talk, text, and data usage only. Data roaming at 2G speeds. Uh-oh. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a 
great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Oppelman. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM NASH ICON at NASHFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. As we close it out tonight, tomorrow night I'll be here at 6 o'clock. Jude Young will be here on Wednesday, but I'll take over for Jude tomorrow night at 6. Jude Young will be here on Wednesday at 6. And then starting on Wednesday, August 10th, we will be live every Wednesday from Treasure Chest Casino on Williams Boulevard and the lake with all access live from 6 to 7 Wednesday nights beginning August 10th with food, fun, and prizes. And our first live show guest at Treasure Chest on August 10th will be Pro Football Hall of Famer Ricky Jackson. You'll want to be a Treasure Chest. In the fan-